Welcome to the Tiny Plastic People podcast, the podcast about tiny plastic people. We paint them, we play with them, and we want to tell you why we think that's great. I'm Joseph, I'm the host for this evening, and I'm joined by... RM? Hello. I'm joined by... James? Hello. And I'm joined by... Peter? Hello there. Also Fiania from Discord. Keep up that particular thing. Give me my full nom de guerre. That's not your full name. That's not got any of the titles. It's my nom de guerre. That'd be like Lord Commander. It's my name of war. We all need a nom de guerre. <laughs> and we all have one, because we are all on Discord, and therefore we have our, our nom de guerre. Who? What have you been doing recently? I'm sorry, James is furious at me already. I'm giving him editing work. Listen, it's your first time hosting, and we get to leave all of this in for everyone to hear. <laughs> if we choose. If wow. we choose, says the editor. If we choose. So, what have you been doing recently? Let's go back around the same way before. RM, what have you been doing recently? I've gone back to my Skaven, so at the moment I'm painting Crondis, and I'm going to talk about him later, but he is on hold at the minute, because before I finish painting him, I want to be able to paint, start, at least start on his base, and I can't get at some of my basic materials at the moment, they're stuck away in the corner of a room behind some stuff, so I've pulled out my Skaven again, it was actually because Rich, friend of the show Rich, um said oh i like your skaven you should paint more skaven and i immediately went and painted a skaven um that's all it takes yeah i, I mean is that, pre- is that how to motivate you well i'm not sure because previously it was nurse setting a dangerous precedent here. previously it was nurse threatening stroke promising to take my models away from me <laughs> if i didn't paint at least one model a month and that worked um i genuinely needed someone just to tell me like stop being silly paint something so i think this was kind of similar um the novelty did wear off quite fast i managed to get to two models done and with ground to a halt but that's two on the year like i think i painted nine models last year um obviously big stuff like kragnos was some of that um but still yeah, one I, model yeah still only counts as one so yeah i'm only happy counts with that one. um yeah this is my skaven which i started doing pre-contrast and do it uh like before contrast came out so i'd do it with start it white really generous non oil then a dry brush of white again so you get like a grayscale map which we now know is called en grise um and then just color over that with it was washes now it sometimes washes sometimes contrasts and it gives it like quite a cool like comic booky look um because normally I wouldn't highlight up towards white and down towards black. You know, I'd, I'd keep it more saturated than that. Um, but I think it gives it a nice kind of like inked and then coloured look. Um, so yeah, I've done a Doom Bell, Endless Bell, and the Cool Claw Lord who's got um, his cleaver and his spear and the massive back banner um, from the era of models being very 2D. Like everything was on a plane, but he's made... Like, you know, if you made those, like, cardboard Christmas tree where you get two bits of cardboard and you put them at right angles. It's on two planes. Yeah, he's on two planes. He's back to front and his arms are side to side. Um, 
say he's pretty charmingly. I'm not normally like an old muddles person, but he's, See, he's style with it. I knew Pete would come in on not being old models. <laughs> the wild thing to me is he is one of the first models I bought after coming back into the hobby, uh, which was about 2014. I think he was relatively new at that point. So yeah, I, I would call that a solid mid mid era model, but um, it's all relative, oh, fair isn't enough. it? Yeah, because I... it's a Warhammer Fantasy Battle model, uh, crucially, which I think he was. Was he from that um, Island of Blood box? Set. Island of Blood, which came back mm-hmm. out as Spire of Dawn. Yeah, Spire of Dawn. Yes, which was ludicrously good value, as I recall. It's like 50 yes. quid for 100 models or something ridiculous. Well, I didn't get it originally. I got the Skaven half of it off Chimp. Yes. As, as did Crunch, but then Chimp <laughs> bought that half back off Crunch. Of course. But I, did, I didn't sell mine back. The, the circle of role models <laughs> remains unbroken. Normally it goes, it involves more than two people. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. quite incestuous, really. Mm. I've, the only thing I've managed to sell on to an role models was i no wait i bought the chiric is it chiric acolytes the zinch ones yeah the very buff zinchman yeah the buff the buff henchman uh i bought those and then i immediately sold them about a year later back to the same person who sold me them excellent and i i'm not sure if i made a profit but i don't think i made a loss so well breaking even sounds like the role models ethos right (laughs) Don't do anything. Just just stay in some sort of equilibrium forever. I I actually had some uh, Tau that I bought off JD, who I then sold to uh, DC, who then sold them to Chimp. And I think I think they're actually being painted now due to new book excitement. Yeah, I think he's broken the cycle. I can I I could see in a, a photo that was posted a little while ago the Tau commander that I um pose in the fucking naruto run pose so he's he's like going with his arms out whilst like leaning forwards that feels extremely on brand yeah tau equals anime equals naruto that's my understanding of culture i feel like you didn't need to demonstrate the naruto pose to any of us i think but i'm glad that you did I think it comes through in the audio as well, so I think I think the audience would be glad that I did. I think everyone instinctively did it wherever they are, <laughs> like walking along or sat on the bus. On the bus, just, yeah. yeah. Knocking into the old lad so, sitting next to you. RM, what was the name for that painting, that French word you used? En grisaille. Do you have a nom en grisaille? Nom de paint. Nom de paint. Oh dear, that's, that's <laughs> awfully clever. I mean, <laughs> less of this sort of thing. This is okay. too classy for me. If I can come off the classy joke for each person's what do you, what have you done recently, that will be my style. Do not actually expect that to be followed through on because I've done one. <laughs> it's probably enough. One francophone joke per segment. That's what we're expecting. I'll, I'll, see, if I, I'll see if I can achieve that. I don't speak French, so that's my so well, I probably can. <laughs> James, what have you done recently, and can I make a francophone joke about it? Uh, Yeah, so, what have I been doing recently? I I have taken a new painting technique in that I've got actually become quite busy with work and life 
um, lately. And that kind of means that you'd think I wouldn't be able to do painting. But I've managed to come up with a technique where I load up a tray of models, like not too many models, mostly custodies because of the new codex hype at the time, and take that tray and uh, put some models on it and then slowly work through them for an entire month. And that way, I actually managed to finish a squad of custodian guard. Uh, I painted a custodian warden. I painted a shield captain. I painted a space marine lieutenant who was looking kind of sad at the time and a Dawn Eagle jet bike. And I was like, ah, I've painted stuff. Oh, and I also finished off a Dreadnought, which has been sitting on my painting desk since 2018. I I remember playing a game against that Dreadnought when it was put together with Blue Tack many years ago. Yes. (laughs) And now it's had a second paint job and is now complete. And that was when it used to go off on one with its massive spear. And could teleport in. He's going off on one again. Bloody Dreadnought. (laughs) Oh, that beautiful Dreadnought. Took out a knight. Did it take out the knight? Yeah, Uh, in in the game against me? Yeah. It certainly killed at least one armature. Possibly two. I remember Mm. being quite annoyed about that because, I don't know, didn't look look like it should. If you ask me. Yeah, well, you know, Custodes shrug. So, I, I know armages are knights, but when you say it took out a knight, I'm thinking like the big boy, the proper ones, Stellans or whatever boy. they're Is called. Pete, Pete's remembering it wrong. I took out the big one. Did oh, you, you did? Okay, good lad. I did. I killed all your big ones. It was, Whoa. I couldn't kill the armages at the end. <laughs> that was a ridiculous game. You killed everything, and I killed most things. It was, and then you won. Sounds like 40k. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times oh, oh, and Warhammer World on that nice big city map, which they don't seem to have there anymore. Hmm, sad. I think it's anyway. The, that um, was the the tables are too spaced to use the fancy tables as much. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they've still sense. got the big river bridge one, which oh yeah, we did apocalypse on. Is one. that the Tau themed one? No, that's the one with the palm trees. Ah, but yeah, they've got that big bridge one which is good long to play apocalypse on there again i was thinking about it again the other day i was like oh oh is the, yeah is the bridge one the one time. that has a bit of a titan on it as well no there was there's a normal six by four that the central feature is just an entire wrecked warlord titan which is uh looks extremely impractical to play on but it also looks amazing so one all about games old. looking looking better than they are to play so well, I would say that's true up to a point because I don't know if you remember our um, the AOS game we played at Rumro Two that you orchestrated. Yep. Well, you, you're making <laughs> it sound of... like. Well, I've I've initially got I'm defensive. This is your yeah, fault. Yeah. This is what I'm. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> what basically all I'm saying is I had a lot of Skaven tumbling down a, a, a very steep hill a lot for a lot of that game. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing with those tiles anyway right is yeah is that they've got the slopes coming out of the corners but yeah this was on not enough this was like on the realm of life board i think Mm -hmm. and it proper slopey and everything was just flying everywhere very impractical but it bet it looked good it did did look look very good but yes that's been my hobby i've loaded up um another tray for this month and i've not touched it so 
much like your posh jokes, maybe it's only good for one. <laughs> I, I couldn't come up with a, with a follow-up, so I think that might be the end of that bit. Uh, Pete, not even necessarily what are you doing this month. What are you, as the ultimate hobbier, doing right now? Well, I I was um I was at uh, a lovely uh, gaming venue, Swords and Boards in Derby, this last weekend. Uh, we had a little mini meet up. Forty uh, k, we played a lot of that, um, and somehow I managed to win all three games that I played, which is now meant that I'm extremely on the Sisters of Battle train again. That was the army that I used. But also, me being me, um, I, I've sort of had to come to terms with the fact that my Order of the Bloody Rose sisters are not technically painted as canon um, because they are supposed to have surcoats and robes that are white on the outside and black on the inside. And when I originally started painting one, I thought, this is too much bother. I'll never want to actually do this. And now, of course, I'm thinking, I do want to do this. So I'm currently halfway through painting every single one of my sister's battle's robes uh, white on the outside, because they were just black, both sides, to begin with. Um, and it's not it's not taking as long as I thought it would, to be fair, but it is very exacting to sort of go over a model that you've already done and try to not touch any of the other details. Um, and it, this feels especially hypocritical because I generally am on the team of never, ever, ever go back to anything you finished. And this this is me sort of stabbing myself in my own ankles with regards to that. You are also team canon is good. Like, you're not, a demanding, of, you're not demanding of canon from other people, but you believe in the value of canon for yourself. Well... It just makes me happy to recreate things, and that is, you know, potentially a problem in life. But luckily, in this scenario, it's fairly benign. It is a bold move to go back to a model, though. I don't think I can go back to many of mine because they're covered in dust and things. I I genuinely don't think you should, because you know, seeing how you've improved and you know, living with your past mistakes is a good thing to, you know at peace with philosophically but also i want it to look like the books say it should so yeah the the worst the worst thing about this for me is this does not let me tick anything off on my on my spreadsheet so sounds terrible you know i'm it's 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 denying myself the the only real pleasure i get out of painting you should have regressed them to not done as soon as you decided Mm. that they they no longer were up to standard that's that's an interesting idea. Loaded onto the tray of I'm going to do this painting now. Got to remove them got, from the spreadsheet. Yeah, you, you've got a tray. You happy. should have done it from your phone in the shop. Like you stood over your model, sad, <laughs> like just looking at them. You've disappointed. Right, I'm putting you as undone. Well, here we go. I, I'm afraid that I'm such a luddite that my the master copy of the spreadsheet is just locally kept on my own hard drive. Oh, it is so. on the computer. Okay. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's not the no, ledger. I, I carve it out of stone tablets. <laughs> well, I mean, paper is quite readily in between those things for sure. No, too modern. <laughs> James, when you're saying about having to dust something off before, like repainting it, like does this mean that you never leave an in-progress model so long that 
this massive dusting to be done. Because I've got a whole dedicated large dry brush for dusting off works in progress. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny that some of the models I've been painting recently are old models which have been on shelves for a long time. And there was a large portion of that which was just getting the dust off. Okay, good. So I can relate uh, yeah, to you I again. Must ad- yes. I must, I must admit, this, this terrain dry brush that I bought is largely used for dusting models. So, yeah. How about you, Joe? What have you been up to, hobby-wise? That is almost a segue into what could be our first topic we wanted to be. Oh. I've done... Sweet F.A. I'm not going to have anything done. In fact, I have several times the last few weeks rolled my office chair over to my hobby desk, looked at something, picked up a paintbrush and went, No. No. And then... Oh, no done something else. I've just not been feeling the love for it for the last few months. I hope to feel it again soonish, but I haven't. And I would appreciate any advice, baseless, justified, or otherwise, for getting out of this slum. Or slump. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I can answer the second one more I'm readily, lost. I think. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think when I've had that, I'm really not wanted to. I, I just play and haven't. And I think sometimes I've felt more like converting something. But e- even then, I, I, I normally just let it go and stay with the community and stuff like that. I'm fortunate that I've already got my 2K of Stormcast because I have 5K of Stormcast. So if I need to go play a game, like I'm not I'm not blocking myself from doing that. Um but more recently, as well as these Skaven I've been doing, I did some um, Team Yankee 15mm uh, tanks and other armoured fighting vehicles. Um, so it's like Cold War gone hot. Um, 1980s, I did the British. And because of the scale and because they're real tanks without all the flourishes of a Sisters of Atlas, there's no stained glass windows on the tanks. Not not even yeah, one. Um it's a very different painting experience and you know big flat colors bit of camouflage you're looking at them you're thinking oh i think i spot a detail there and you're like yeah but they painted the camera over the top so i'm gonna do the same and while i'm not really driven by how many models i produce there is something very nice about i've done this and it was really simple um so yeah, just getting to Team Yankee. Uh, the starter sets are incredibly affordable. <laughs> I mean, that is the way to start another hobby. Yeah, yeah. Basically, get into historicals. Uh, except anywhere they used colours a lot. So really modern. Twentieth century. Get really into painting up for done. Just blue and mud effect. Because obviously, I paint the French. And I, that way, I could still buy Games Workshop. Natural more. I mean, were you looking for advice that was not ho- hobby related or was hobby related? Because our advice so so far seems to be defer your hobby to another hobby, <laughs> but which is very adjacent <laughs> to your current hobby, Wait, such as it still involves hobby. a tiny thing. It's the same hobby. Just a different system. I think no. I, I think this same. is a pretty good point, though. Is you know, if I'm looking at the same, I mean, I've got not that many models on the on the table and I'm enjoying I want to get them done. I like the models. But it's true that if I kinda of went, maybe I should just put them to one side and do something else for a bit. 
but still within hobby that could well work and maybe i'm just being overly uh bullheaded in not doing that that's not right that's not an unfair point yeah i mean it doesn't i, I was going to say that i the idea that your hobby should become some kind of work which then revolves around productivity is generally something which I would always, anytime anyone comes to me with one of these problems, and that's as if I'm some kind of hobby agony aunt now. But the advice is always, which I give is, does it matter that much that you're not doing it? Because there's usually something else to do. there is but if Um, you enjoy painting and like i think for all of us like painting can be really like relaxing and enjoyable hobby but like for some reason you've just got to block on part of it like Mm. i think finding you know just trying out if another bit of the painting hobby actually won't give the same frustration so you get the same payoff i think is valuable Mm. because that for me it can be a bit frustrating if you're like oh not having much look painting it's like well go for a walk instead it's like cool but that's different <laughs> like they're both valid yeah, right? absolutely i mean uh, yeah it, that is i think valid. i think generally i tend towards your sort of space with this james in that i i would generally go with like f- follow your um not your instincts turn the targeting computer off um what am i trying to say but yeah <laughs> I, I, I generally sort of flit around with my hobby and do do whatever catches the my interest at any given point. But that does somewhat rely on uh, having like a gigantic bottomless pit of models that you already own or want to buy uh, in order to do that, which kind of butts onto what I'm going to talk about later. But... Um, yeah, I think I think there's definitely a, a, yeah, it, a, a solid difference to be made between like you know on, only do the hobby if it's making you happy and you know uh, how do I actually convince myself to do the thing that I know will make me happy, right? So I think I think that's a very fair point, uh, yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be like keep buying new projects until you find the one which will necessarily like be fun for you to paint and you have to keep going just maybe two of them and if you're not feeling like painting really detailed gw models or really easy to paint tanks then you know pretty for sure that you're not in a painting mood and can go and do something else at that point i think if i didn't have Mm. a second one i'd be a bit like Mm. it's like two two styles i wouldn't know that i was in a mood yeah, maybe even fostering more than one style. Like, I yeah, I personally kind of have, like, I really enjoyed one thing which I didn't say in the hobby progress thing was that I also built a squad of uh, Sisters of Battle because I had some on a sprue and I just yeah. built them just because I was like, I haven't built anything for a while. I do like building. In fact, I think building is my favourite bit of the hobby. Turns out that kit is hateful and I despised it. But wow, that still was a fun activity, which was hobby related. Kind of got me through fun, hateful activity. I think I just wasn't expecting how complex it actually is, and there's too many options, so I built them all with bolt guns. So. I kind of wish that I'd done that. Now I need more sisters of battle that just have bolt guns. It 
it, it's one of those kits just to go on a sisters of battle tangent where there's so many options in that kit i'm like don't give me this many options because that would just give me choice paralysis so the easiest thing to do is just build it exactly how you want to build it and then hope that that's legal (laughs) it builds into like several different types of squad technically it doesn't even have instructions for those (laughs) it's like really you can make other squads with this yeah it's like okay i guess i could all it really well let's not get too bogged down in this because this is exactly the sort of thing that i could talk forever about (laughs) (laughs) But going back to it, it's, like, it's finding that thing which you enjoy doing with the stuff that you already have, which is probably the mm. part which is important because it's that's like kind of the important bit because usually the the hobby, the 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 sort of games workshop hobby part of it is to go buy more stuff if you're not enjoying the stuff you have, and that's a really dangerous bit to get into because that leads to. Um, the pile of sprues at my feet right. right now. And none of that's bringing me joy. Yeah, what, what I would say is there's nothing better for me personally to get me really into the idea of painting like something specific than playing games. Um, and I don't think that'll be true for everyone, but like for me coming off this weekend playing 40k that I just had, it, it really does make me think, yeah, I want to paint more of this army and play more with this army and have more options with this army, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, I think that's a really good way to motivate yourself. Uh, and the other somewhat adjacent version of that is book yourself onto an event and have a deadline. That may well be more stress than you want, but uh, it does work for me. <laughs> yeah, it'll make you pain. Whether you'll enjoy it or not is another matter. <laughs> will it or will it make you turn up to a With an unpainted army? With the Has base... It- Still drying. <laughs> <laughs> well, personally, that's never happened to me, although I'm sure I don't know that uh, it's never happened to someone that I've been on the same team in an AOS tournament <laughs> with, for example. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's different strokes for different folks, ultimately. But yeah, g- events, deadlines, they work for me. Mm. But then again, mm. I'm a machine baby. Coming up with more things now, it's like, Another thing which I do is uh, just base coat stuff and don't really, like, I've got some blood angels. What colour do they need to be? Well, they need to be red. And that can get the action of painting in without actually thinking too much about any details or anything other than, oh, it's red now. Put it down. It's cheating if you sprayed it red to start with. But if they start with a black undercoat, you're going to be painting red for a long time anyway. So you might as well get that done while watching something on TV. Watch Murderville. That was fun. Um, Stick on some Ocus Imperium on the background. Just listen to a Northern Irishman talk to you in character about Warhammer. That's actually one of my favourite things just put on the background. I'm being just like, ah, get into character. Gotta eat your hobby vegetables. Eat your hobby vegetables. That is true. And I guess that's maybe what it is, is I'm not really in a place where I want to eat my hobby vegetables or where I want to be actually making decisions about what particular thing I'm doing in the moment. So maybe I do need to just go, I am painting this thing and it is this color and I do not need to think about why. I just need to pick up brush, dip, slap, slap, slap. Pete, do you want to continue on with what you had started talking about? 
Yeah, well, really what I wanted to talk about is sort of like the, the bad sides of my motivation and little style, which is that, you know, I collect two dozen armies across variant systems, probably, probably um, which, you know, is very good for my flit across like a little butterfly doing whatever I fancy sort of approach. Um, but yeah, it really does run the risk of um, falling deeply into the sort of by the thing that you're excited about uh, sort of danger zone that I think James briefly touched on. Like, I have a sister battle army, probably about two thousand two hundred fifty points. So I can you know I can run so run it on its own. But now because I've just played three games with them. I really want to use some of the newer stuff that I haven't got yet. Um, and this is coming off the back of recently having started an Eldar army and recently having started a Tyranid army that I'm also still wanting to add to because they're not, like, finished yet. And then, you know, you still have other other forces and you just... <sighs> Basically what I'm saying is don't don't get to the point where you can pauperize yourself by being excited about too many things at once. Because I do think that, um, you know, it's really quite easy to do that in uh, such a... Sometimes this hobby can be very focused on, like, buying stuff. Again, James, you mentioned this earlier. And it is quite nice to try and avoid that sometimes. Not only for... um, your bank balance, but also, you know, <laughs> just to, to not completely surrender to the, um, yeah, consumerist uh, uh, mode of enjoyment that, that you can easily fall into. Basically, yeah, I don't want to become the guy that ends up selling £10,000 of Warhammer on an eBay auction because I've seen it and I'm in danger of it. I have a room in my house that's dedicated to Warhammer. It could happen here. If you have to say job lot, then you know you've exactly. made a mistake. <laughs> Where each of the bits in the job is like a starter set and there's <laughs> dozens of them. Like job lot where it's just like, oh, there's about 50 different minis. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 50 different big boxes. No. Yeah. Especially when you remain shrink-wrapped. They remain shrink-wrapped. I think that implies you have you do not have a hobby, you have a collection. That you have a warehouse. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I do I do have a shelf in my Warhammer room that is boxes that I haven't got to yet. So, you know, they're, they're individual kit boxes. They're not mm. starter sets. They're not, like, army boxes. But, I mean, what if it escalates? What then? What do I do? Who knows? I, again, do you do you want do you want answers to these issues or suggestions around them, or is it the airing of hobby woes? I mean, it's a bit of both. If you have some sort <laughs> of, uh, I mean, I feel like anyone who has an answer to this has some kind of magic bullet for you know enjoying things under capitalism that, that I'd be quite interested to hear. Donate them to a raffle. Oh. That's not a bad idea. Um, I'm very selfish, though. That's the problem. Oh, okay, fair enough. (laughs) There are also... In fact, I did this the Christmas before the lockdown, so whatever year that was, 
um, sometime in the year 2000, it feels like. Um, I, because I was working at a school, we were asked, oh, can we, can you get something to put into this presence for disadvantaged kids box? And I was like, okay. So I walked into Dark Sphere and I saw they had the uh, kit that was like three space marines and five paints and two brushes. I was like, yeah, all right. Put that in. So some lucky kid somewhere in London is now trying to convince their parent, uh, actually, yes, we can afford to get me a gladiator <laughs> because of me. Um, it's the gift that keeps on, keeps on giving. I think to steer around like the capitalism is bad um, part of this whole discussion, which you could has. easily nosedive straight into. Uh, there is something about doing a hobby for other people that you kind of touched on there. And I think we touched on it before, or I at least did when I was just talking about why I think Secret Santas are great. But I think mm. one of the most fulfilling parts of the hobby, which I have done lately, was our Secret Santa between us, where it was an opportunity to do something for someone else. And... Seeing the results of that, seeing as Rich outed me on the last episode as the one who made his troll, <laughs> it's I got so much out of that and I didn't need to do anything really other than build the thing. Well, yeah, I built it, but seeing it painted was like, it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even something that like, I wanted to do by the end of it. I wanted Rich to paint that because I knew Rich would do a great job and then he did a great job and it felt really nice to see like the resolution of that whole little thing just play out as a general nice thing that had happened. And too often I find that when, say, painting for an event or painting for something else, like you're just doing things to get stuff done and that doesn't feel Mm. great to me. Like, when I'm doing things creative, I want to be knowing that it's going to be something that is going to be of value to almost someone else as well as me. Because when it's something which is so internal, I find that then you're kind of dealing with like your inner self and like what your inner self wants. But that's a very selfish self sometimes. And it's just like, I just want to have all of this guitar. No one else can have this guitar just for me. Um, so opening it up and doing things for other people, sharing it with um, kids and your friends and yeah. playing games actually does give you that as well, because you put your, well, thing, I was, your- was going to say, <laughs> yeah. if you're being, if I'm being very, very generous to myself, I would say that the fact that I like to paint loads of stuff and play a lot of games kind of butts onto that a bit where, you know, not it's not just the fun of playing a game and trying to win and trying to beat someone. It's like sharing the experience of like looking at each other's cool toys and complimenting the paint jobs and all the rest of it. Yeah, I was going to say it's the exact same thing. I've become arrogant enough with my painting that I consider myself having painted Kragnos as a gift to you all <laughs> that you get to look upon it. And I quite agree. Um, indeed it is. You're not taking it home, but you get to see that you know, wonder brought into this world. Um, I don't know what For I could do that would period, be more generous, James. Touch the face of... Is he a god? I don't really know. <laughs> he is. God of earthquakes, which... Aha. Specific. Yeah. 
Which is weird. It's not the earthquake god. He's the god of earthquakes. Earthquakes worship him? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> That's got Joseph thinking. <laughs> um, and I think also right from the, from the other side. So I made myself a promise that I wouldn't buy anything uh, from any new models until my local GW has its birthday, and then I was going to buy the Inquisitor that stabs the book with the big sword, because, yeah, I'm not not getting that. Of course I am. And uh, the previous thing I bought was from the same place I bought the, the one-off vampire, the Necrarch-style vampire lady. But that doesn't mean I haven't acquired new hobby stuff in the meantime, because two different people from Discord have put stuff up and been like, Actually, one person put it up, and I was like, oh, can I get that? And it was like, yeah, paint, uh, potion bag and things. So now I have the Phobos Librarian, which I did already want. And the other was, Drew went, I mentioned in passing that I had lost my third edition Warhammer 40k rulebook many years ago in a flood. And Drew went, oh, I have one. Do you want it? And now I have, not only do I have it, I have the one with the slip cover, and it's sitting next Ooh. to me. And every time I see it, I go, oh. And it just brings a little joy into my life. It just, like, 12-year-old me is inside going, yes! Yeah, I I also, I still have my teenage 3rd edition 40k rulebook, and it's it's very well thumbed through, I must say. The spine is uh, barely there at this point. That's how you know it's loved. And, yeah, like, I've acquired those, and they weren't part of a plan. But also, like, James was saying... Why not give or sell to your friends? I think I'd probably appreciate these almost more than if I'd found them even on, like, a stall and got for the same price, because I didn't pay much for either of them, to be honest. Um, uh, And so, yeah, I think people do really benefit from just being offered that. And also, while I am making enough money to make my own hobby purchases, I'm sure there are people within our circle who maybe you're like, ooh, I really have to make that decision. You're like, well, actually, here's an option. That's a nice thing too. Yeah. I will say the thing which I find the hardest to square is when I, and I still actually am, like subscribed to Imperium magazine. And I have not taken one of those models off the sprue. They're just coming every month. And then they appear, and then I file them, which is a very enjoyable process, by the way. Just tearing those pages out and putting them into a folder. Mm, chef's kiss. But the actual fact that that is just a load of stuff building up in my in a, in a box, basically. When I last got my delivery of it, I was just like, this doesn't feel good. This feels bad. And then I was like, oh, but what if I miss an, miss, miss an issue? What if it's the Dominus next? <laughs> And that that is a feeling I don't like very much because it's a air quotes bargain, and I don't like that very much because it's not a bargain. It is filling up space in my house. So. Yeah, well, it's the humble monthly of miniatures. In that every month you're like, oh, I got something, and you go, I will never touch this because every time I add humble monthly, unless I bought it for that month for the thing that was on that month, every time I went, well, here's three games I will never play, and so I stopped. I, I'm not sure if James is in that place. So, in general, have we resolved that one? 
anyway. Well, <laughs> let, let's let's say yes for the sake of tying a neat bow around it. <laughs> <laughs> All my problems are solved. Thanks. If we notice you drifting into full-on, you need a warehouse or storage locker for your collection territory, we probably will stage an intervention. That That is fair, I think. Yes. Intervention. As long as I keep it to one, one room, then we're okay. That's just like an efficiency challenge with how you can store things, really. Attic does not count as room. <laughs> <laughs> Under the floorboards. He just takes all his doors off and claims that it's one room. Yeah, open plan. <laughs> There's a, there is a house near my parents that is uh, currently being emptied. And what I had not realized was it had not only not been empty before this, had in fact been inhabited. I'd assumed it was an abandoned house. It was not. It was just the owner was full-blown into the, I don't care about the condition of my house. I just want to fill it with more and more stuff of every kind. Including probably vermin. So, mm. and uh, I do not think nice. Pete is anywhere near that, having seen pictures of the inside of his house. But yeah, I Hoover, we're okay. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> so, uh, your hobby, Jubbly, your royal Jubbly, James. I believe you wrote down those words. I did write down those words, and I wasn't thinking very hard while I wrote them down, but it became an idea while I thought about it a little bit more. So it is our great queen in England, at the very least. It, it, it's a it's a jubbly. It's a platinum jubbly coming up. And uh, she's asked you to present your hobby, royal family, your minis to her on one of those little cake stands with like the little cake stand and then a bigger cake stand underneath and a handle. Um, So I was thinking about what is your hobby royal family of choice and I didn't want to even start. I just thought, what hobby would the queen like? And what would you have well, to I present? I have a really easy answer for this. Well, go ahead, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Imperial Knights, right? They're like literally just nobility, and you know, some weird people even make up family trees and titles for each of their Imperial Knights, like say me, like what I done. So you know, she'd probably relate to that quite quite well. You've yeah, come yeah. up with titles and stuff, Pete, but some people like commission artwork and Yeah, and some people like do that. Like yeah. me as well. Oh, oh dear. I'm also that yeah. that guy. So is this what you would uh present in the uh street house party which you're probably well, street party which you're gonna yeah, have I'd to put, with the I'd bunting. put all my Imperial Knights on a cake thing that you describe that I don't really understand. Um print out the, the commissioned art that I've had done on parchment style and paper. You know, the queen, the queen would drive past in a potmobile because that's how it works, and she'd point at it and go, "Yeah, look, it's like me. Nice one. Have a knighthood." I can't, I don't know why, but the whole way through you talking about who's your hobby royal family, I just kept thinking Manfred von Karstein. Manfred von Karstein is is my hobby royal family, and I don't know why. But I well, again, just, nobility, right? Yeah, and he just seems like I I I haven't Some actually read any of the, the Queen's of AOR. Empire. 
I haven't read any of the novels with him, but I was I was like literally going clicking random in the AOS bit of Lexicanicum, which is a really fun experience. It's like, ooh, what sort of weird stuff has been added to AOS? Just click random. And just like every time you get into a page that features Manfred in any way, it's going to be the most fun because it's always just like, and then he betrayed everybody in some ridiculous way, but it still didn't work because he's useless. Oh, that's my boy. So I just... I feel like, like the royal family. <laughs> just introduce him in real life. He can be her new son. Yeah. It's really not there fair to Charles. He can't compete with that. Or is it Edward? Is he the there third aren't enough one? royal himbos. That's what I'm thinking now. All of a what, in real life or in Games Workshop? Yeah. There's plenty, plenty in Games Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The royal himbo is a classic of fantasy literature that the real world yeah, feels constantly disappoints us. So I feel that it would be unfair to make you all answer my question without me actually answering it at least somewhere in the middle of the discussion. Um, but I might do that. Michael, what would yours be? What? For <laughs> <laughs> me right under the bus there. I was almost ready to answer and then full sense of security. So I'm still not entirely sure of the brief, but I have been trying to think of... Like, because I flit around with my painting, I've ended up with, like, a Kragnos who's got no other army to go with him. He, he can go in any destruction army, and he's the only destruction model that I've ever painted. <laughs> so I've been trying to think of an excuse to run him, a Star Drake, and a Doom Wheel, and maybe a Challenger tank simultaneously. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, royal family, like, m- marry in. In, into the Star Drake line, marrying um, Kragnos of the Earthquake um, dynasty. Um, so I don't know if I was meant to be making a collection I that mean, the Queen was going to be grateful for, or a commentary on them, or for my own royal family, but I've, I've gone with the latter. The, mm. the royal family to rule over my models is a Star Drake and Kragnos and a Doomwheel and a Challenger. Mm, I think the inclusion of the Challenger tank will really, like, that's like your doorway in, and then you can really start mm-hmm. describing the dragon next, because again, you know, it's like, okay, you've got dragons, you, you know what a dragon is, and then then you've got a Doomwheel, which you might need to do some more explaining a bit about. more esoteric. And yep. then, uh, you know, Kragnos at the end, just as a little... Yeah, so she'd pr- probably understand the concept of a centaur, but might assume that it was a chaos model. So mm. I think that would probably <laughs> be the hardest to... Uh... Queen's law knowledge is really out of date, to be honest. Exactly. She was not okay with the destruction of the old world. <laughs> Are you just in Queen is a nice posting. <laughs> burnt, her Delph- burnt her dark elf army. <laughs> Uh, right, James. Finally, uh, well, I was going to say my favorite. I was just thinking about like um, I read Drakenfels uh, last year, I think, and that was a very enjoyable book. And I believe it has the Emperor Karl Franz in it, but I think it's before he's the Emperor. Might not be. Uh, it might also be just me misremembering things. But I did like the character in that, and then I thought how annoying it was for me to try and scrape the world's words. Carl Franz off a tiny the Luminarch thing and one, so I looked up the model one, he's a kick-ass model uh, on a big griffin, I believe, that was cool I like that, wish he'd still get that um, but also the audacity of like f- 
printing your name on things in a way which is incredibly hard to get off is a very stately and royal thing to do. So that was my pitch for the model which I'd present to the Queen. It'll be like, like you, like you, bit of a jerk. And then we're going to be scraping her face off all those coins. So... I love that. You go, like you, and she's thinking, oh, yes, queen and emperor, these are very similar. And then because she hasn't realised, you go, bit of a jerk. (laughs) Just so she understands the commentary. Fell into a big vortex, I believe, at the end. I'm not entirely sure. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Big hammer. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, one, capitalism's bad, but also the monarchy. (laughs) Whoa. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Most radical episode yet. Oh, well, you know. (laughs) That, that's about as far I mean, I'll as double down by pointing out she's not my queen, so. But you she gave us such lovely there. gifts. I, I, I'm not a subject, I'm a citizen of a republic. <laughs> anyway, the queen <laughs> thanks you for the gifts. I didn't think she was getting them. I thought she just got to appreciate them. No, she's them. taken them now. Oh, she nice is back. the queen. She can well, just take them. <laughs> isn't this just a parable? They're like swans. It's, the, it's an unusual thing. It's, it's like swans. All games workshop models actually belong to the queen. Um, and having put aside our ambition to aspire to being acknowledged by our by the monarch, RM, what's your ambition about? Yes, my ambition is <laughs> ambition. So this is my painting. So when I came to do the Dominion stuff, um, so the new Stormcast that came with. Uh, came out with that. There's the Lord Imperitant, so the new little foot hero, and he was the guy in the trailer. So in the trailer, he's fighting these new orcs who turn out to be the Cruel Boys, um, and he's striding through the the castle and the tapestries and stuff. And then he gets killed by one of them, um, and then you see him stood in front of a tapestry, immortalizing that moment. Um, and there's a little bit of talk of like we have to remember this and you see him all grey and old um, and looking like the actor who plays Trigger from Only Fools and Horses and I saw that and in the time between that and getting my Lord Imperator and deciding to paint him I thought wouldn't it be cool if mine instead of just having a tapestry on the wall immortalising that had that on his cloak so I decided, why not just try to paint that scene, which is the box art for the insert for Dominion, on his cloak. And that was really difficult, because it turns out that's really small, and painting that small is actually hard. Like, sometimes painting small is much easier, because there's less to cover, but turns out when you're trying to free freehand a painting... Um, the whole thing being like two centimetres by two centimetres is an encumbrance. But I think it sells. Um, and then more recently, I came to paint my Crondis, and I was thinking, who's the big dragon prince, one of them? I was thinking, what would be cool? Um, and jumped through a couple of ideas. One was, could I make snow look like it was falling from his wings? Um, dismiss that one. That's a step too far. But then I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you if it looked like when you looked at him, you could see his ear through him. So you could see the mountain ranges and storms and um, then the starry sky with the Sigma Abelum hanging in it and stuff like that. So I've attempted to do that and it's going pretty well. It's on pause. And I've been reflecting on that and I thought, this isn't how I normally 
act because my justification for just going in for it on that which is like a hundred quid model it's not trivial to risk ruining that was well if i don't do it i'm gonna think i'm always gonna be thinking like oh what if and that's normally the way i go i'm normally like too scared to do something i'd rather not try than try and potentially fail but that hasn't been the case so i want to challenge you all what's your dream bit of hobby that you would love to do and you're held back by the fear of failure and i'm going to try to convince you to do it and you're going to leave here and and attempt it so james um i mean i'm i'm quite one for stupid hobby projects not that it's it's a stupid one i think finishing them that is the hardest part of any So when you do such a thing as Anything. saying, I'm going to build every single tile out of the Cursed City box in 3D, is a... I forgot who I was talking to here. Yeah, yeah. you don't need any encouragement. I don't that. need encouragement. If anything, I need it people to, to tell me to stop because these no, things get expensive. Um, How is that project going? Are you Have you been back to it recently? Uh, it, you didn't mention it was on the tray, so I guess not. It's not on the tray. It's, um, mm. Mm, mm. I mean, it is carrying on. It. I've taken a little pause on it. I just thought I would do a break and actually paint some models rather than just build terrain for the models, which I have not yet painted to sit on. Uh, I haven't painted any of Curse City yet, though, so mm. shrug. <laughs> um, I'm also waiting to get some uh, more basing bits because I've lost some things. Anyway, that's dull. That's not exciting and thing. I don't know what my most audacious thing would be, though. I think I like terrain a lot, though. And if I had all the time in the world, I would build like a more time board in three dimensions with towers and burnt and ruined buildings. And it would be a nightmare to put a unit of Skaven on, but one Skaven should stand up on it. So, yeah. That's what the kind of like ridiculous, those are the kind of ambitions like I hold within me. But then I would start doing things like it's got a smoke machine in it and it, <laughs> it's got lighting where the fires are. And that's probably the point where things would get a little bit silly. So, yeah, I think that's my answer. I don't need encouragement to do it. I might do it, do it. Because I'd forgotten you. You did the incredible Admech flying boat from the Caradron oh. one, where mm. you took an enormous Caradron ship and extended it, and then put it in like a towering valley of lake houses and chimneys and and stuff. So, mm. I mean, you that... already have chops on this. You don't lack for ambition, do you? I think I lack for time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that was the thing with this. Like, while stuff like Micrandis does take a bit of time, it, I'm not a quick painter anyway. I, I can make, like, a, a Liberator take 20 hours. It's fine. I just labour over <laughs> stuff. So, like, there are some projects where you're like, yeah, that would take forever. But something like the Crandis was like, I don't know if I could do this. And the thing that felt different was was just going for it, yeah. Yeah, I think scaling like all of that ambition like down into uh, a large model, like I would be honest to say, I've never finished a big model. So right. taking like the one which I did start was a Lord of Change, and I gave up and I sold it. So um, wow. and I was like, I'm not just not going to deal with that. So I think maybe doing something along the lines of a big dragon or a big model of some kind is actually quite ambitious for you me. Finish your. Uh... 
Imperial Knight, haven't you? I have. I find machines a lot easier though, and I took lots of okay. shortcuts to do it. I That's feel fair. like a big like centerpiece, <laughs> like particularly AOS style centerpiece models mm. are just something different and exciting. Your kryptonite. Yeah. They're not my kryptonite. Don't be mean. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. They do love a bit of contrast. Yeah. The organics, like they go nicely with that in a way that, like, do not try and contrast it in Imperial Knight, I don't think. I mean, feel free, anyone, but I don't think you... Wouldn't get a similar result. Yeah. Whereas yeah. just dip. Dip. Dip um, Krondis in, in contrast, you'd have been perfectly happy. Straight down, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna make Joe talk. Okay, so actually I have a... Com- so I was recently going back through uh, the book of the New Sun series, which is uh, d- d- post, 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 everything. Post-history, I think is the term that some people like to use. Fantasy, science fiction, whatever. And there's a bit where the main character ends up on the grounds of the House Absolute, which basically kind of imagine like a bit imperial, a bit imperial palace and he is captured by the guards who wear super advanced armor, which is so reflective, it appears invisible. And he gets escorted by them. And then they're being escorted by walking marble statues. And I was like, what about non-metallic metal, but to the point where it's all just the earth, air, earth, sky effect uh, custodes. And then any kind of dreadnought type thing is just a 3D print or find off eBay a marble statue and convert it. Yes. Go, go do there that. Go. That's, I mean, that seems one of the more plausible wild options, apart from the trying to paint them so reflective that you could believe they would be invisible in their environment. Oh, I thought you said you were doing both. Yeah. Oh, yeah, do, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to, yeah. So you got your, you got your foot troops and they're just super, super glossy looking and then you got your big walkers and they are all marble statues who are explicitly the most beautiful faces he's ever seen but they don't move so they're clearly not alive and then he sees moving ones that are like it and it's a whole thing about how beautiful these faces may or may not be (laughs) it's a weird book so the really glossy ones did you say you were going to paint like landscape on them to make it yeah 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 basically that would be the idea yeah yeah yeah. you know so it's I keep referring the name for it, but it's called something like the Earth Sky Effect, and it's how you create. You know, you see it a lot in like goggles and so on, where you'll have like a line across them, and above you'll paint a kind of a sky effect, and below you'll paint you get, uh, a ground yeah, effect. Yeah, you get the. Um, oh, I was going to say, it's like word art. It's like that one word art which you can set in yeah. Microsoft Word. <laughs> yes. Wingdings. Yes, and That's then we're just. <laughs> Have I walked into a time machine? No, what I... is going on here? Word art. Do you not remember I word art? I just vaguely remember word art. <laughs> vaguely remember it. Yeah, we're, we're not suggesting that word art is still commonly used. <laughs> You've not worked in or been near a <laughs> The last time I did see word art, it was on a spoof version of the Sue Grave report. <laughs> but yeah, something like that. Um, word art, just <laughs> not word art, but yeah. <laughs> glossy, very glossy looking shiny reflective custodies and marble statue dreadnoughts and yeah i think i think i give that a go at some point that's cool this is a really difficult brief for me to answer because 
I I am very much a meat and potatoes, bash through <laughs> loads of stuff pretty pretty mundanely, uh, kind of painter. So, geez, paint a chapter. I don't even know what it would be. I mean, I don't I don't really know how to blend. Is that too mundane to learn how to blend? <laughs> um, I don't know. For for me, this is like. Like something singular I, and I've got this result ambitious. in mind and then yeah. ignore the steps in between and you know something something profit um so for I'm me just... it's that rather than just like oh I want to execute yeah. well on this so it's like it, is there anything from like a book where you've thought like oh there's um you know the Primark's doing a, a wicked wheelie and you want to replicate that I mean, that would be cool, but I don't know. I've painted two Primarchs. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have talked about wanting to do the Devastation of Baal as a as a community now, game. That, and so... That is not a bad shout. Big, I mean, big nid, big BA. Yeah, I mean, it's quite, it's quite general, really. It's not like... I mean, the, the project in that is have a, lot, a, a large amount of Tyranids that I can fight a very specifically themed battle with. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but yeah, it's basically what Joe said. I mean, the devastation of Baal novel about the home world of the Blood Angels being invaders. There are quite a few people on the server who collect Blood Angels or successor chapters thereof. And then more recently, some of us have got uh, the Tyranid itch. So being able to sort of collate those two collections onto one big battle would be great. I've got um, a Tyranid I can contribute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got two Blood Angel successor models I can oh, no. <laughs> but they're not compliant with any rules. We'll have a side fight at the edge them. of the board. <laughs> the smallest sideboard. We'll play in a game of Inquisitor. <laughs> Tyranids versus uh, Space Marines. But yeah, no, more, more generally, oh, I think my problem is I'm just too content. Well, I do the stuff that I want to do and that's kind of fine. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I have no ambition. <laughs> it it feels better at coming out of your mouth rather than me saying it sounds like you have no ambition, Pete. And then yeah. I sound like a school say, guidance yeah, counselor. True. That's all right. <laughs> well, as long as you're not having these ideas and then going like, "Oh, I could never do it," then yeah, you know, that's still fine. It's yeah, it's only tri- if I'd like thought of this and thought like, "Oh no, better play it safe." That yeah. would have been a thing, but if you're not looking at going like, oh, I c- could paint a sky on this, but I'm not going to. Like, you're yeah. just looking at the box, so you're happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my trick is just to have a complete lack of creativity, and that, yeah. that served me very well. If you're fishing for disagreement, no, <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, not at all. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I will disagree, Sammy, because Pete, you you accomplish the ambition of many hobbyists in your sheer volume of output and and the volume of completed things you have. Which, like, I jokingly said, paint a chapter. But if there is an epic, whatever point oh through two point oh three point oh anyway, a new epic, oh yeah, I can completely imagine you going right. I'm going to buy a thousand marines in this over the yeah, next. I can see that happening. Time and paint an entire epic chapter. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got quite a lot of uh, fifteen millimeter Soviets, so eight eight millimeter Space Marines, even easier. Yeah, I've not painted more than ten of any given model type. 
I wonder what the most of one model that I've painted is. You I've painted a lot of Skitari. Well, I mean, you're going to hold the record here, I think, because you're you're um, far more dedicated to actually, you know, <laughs> one type of force and one one. That's why I have one army. <laughs> oh. Apparently, I own twenty stabs. I own and so. have painted forty plague marines. That's pretty good. Consulting the tablets. So, Aram, you said you've only painted up to ten, but you collect Skaven. My understanding of Skaven is that's a horde army. Or are you collecting one of the non-horde approaches to Skaven? Um, oh, I, I own Clan Rats and uh, Storm Vermin. I've just so far painted five Storm Vermin that come in minimum okay. of ten, and zero Clan Rats that come <laughs> okay. in a minimum of twenty. I don't have painted scaven army yet i've got oh I've got okay, a couple right. of centerpieces and uh shades by a band. fair enough no that's completely legit like because yeah like until uh late last year i was very much the same place i have now done 20 stabbers nice forgets but that's and i do have another box but i also james has been an, an influencer on me he has been pushing me towards the idea of buying noblars and just going stabbers these are stabbers now because you can have the one that has the guy sitting on the one sitting on the other one's shoulders it's the best model just opens up a whole new world of different types of little goblin things embrace the goblin if that's not ambition we should all embrace the goblin the current front runner to go with Kragnos is a um, uh, ogre more tribes army which I'd go for a a sprinkling of a little bit of everything Um, so one or two of the like uh, Stonehorns and then some Mournfangs right down to some uh, Noblars as well. Just nice texture mm. to that army, but mm. um, I resisted buying that immediately because this was just before um, Krondis arrived, but I didn't want to start painting a whole new army to be able to get Kragnos on the table knowing that I had a whole new big model to paint to get it straight on the table. And we've got Skaven at home. We do have Skaven at home. I, I'm really tempted. Every time I look at Noblars, I look at that Noblar scrap launchery thing. Uh, the one with the titular Rhinox pulling it or something. Mm. I don't know quite what it is. And I'd never seen it before until I like just was browsing one day. I was just like, what is that model? That is awesome. Yeah. Apparently it's terrible in game and no one should ever take it, which makes me want it more. So um, that's my uh, Noblar dream, is to have that, but run it in a Gits army, because I don't really like o- or, or more tribes very much, mostly because that would be another army, and I need to finish my Gits. So anyway. I, I would be running my Noblars as Git stabbers. They just show the Git stabbers who live outside the cave, which the rest of my Gits would live inside. So when they leave, they're like, ooh, those weird ones are going. Let's follow them. See what party they're going to. Party goblin. But we did say we should all embrace the goblin, which is a good episode title. Oh, you can't suggest episode titles whilst recording. It needs to come naturally. <laughs> it's like giving yourself a nickname. Yeah. I know. Throwing the ugly light of scrutiny uh, on it, I'm afraid. Now there's an episode title. <laughs> Uh, so, where can you find us? We are 
Tiny Plastic People, the podcast of the website tinyplasticpeople.com, Tiny Plastic Pals on Twitter, but you can also email us with any questions, comments, etc. on the tinyplasticpeople at gmail.com. But where can we be found individually? Let's go with RM first. I am on Twitter and Insta, but I only post when I finish a model and then not even always. So I'm rogue underscore Michael. Yeah, mostly I'm just on the Discord. Don't hold your breath. No, do not. <laughs> James. You can find me on Instagram at Alone Music UK. You may find that I'm actually living up to a different part of that name a lot lately with the music thing. So you might just see that instead of models, or you might see that and models. That depends how much you really care about having a mix of content eat uh i am on instagram and twitter shamefully again at fienya f-i-y-e-n-y-a-a uh also join the discord for god's sake it's lovely when we say join the discord Discord. that's not the tiny plastic people discord that would be the role models discord because we don't have one of those we've got a side one uh a side one it's bigger than us um we're the side one (laughs) Uh, how do you find yeah. the Discord? There are a couple of ways to find it. If you can go to uh, crateandcrowbar.com. Just to further uh, complicate matters. Yeah, <laughs> because we're a spin-off from another community. Uh, if you go to crateandcrowbar.com and click on Miniatures Discord, then you will be taken to the Role Model server. And that's where you will find us all having a little Ouroboros as a treat. And... As host, I get to finish this off saying, if you really want to find me on social media, I'm games.scholar. But yeah, I'm best found as, I'm going to say it, games bracket scholarly on Discord. Where uh, I also don't post pictures much because I don't take pictures. Well. Hooray! Hooray! An episode is done. (laughs) Yes. Looks like we made it. We made it. Our hosting is complete. Goodbye, everyone.